This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pet. Pep, the Sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, as Six of Bolomar plots his atom bomb attack, a great contest gets underway in the Daily Planet. A contest to determine the secret locked in the word Saluto. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, uh, let me tell you about a breezy sort of dish that makes a summertime breakfast mighty refreshing. It's a blackberry breeze, this week's pep dish of the week. And it sure does give Kellogg's pep a chance to rise and shine. Now, here's how you make a blackberry breeze. On top of your regular serving of crisp, tender pep, scatter a shower of blackberries that have been chilled in a little sugar. Finish off with cool milk. And there you are, a blackberry breeze, as cool and neat a combination as you'd ever hope to taste. You know, Kellogg's Pep does the trick for those sugar-crusted berries because Pep is full of sparkling sunshine flavor, a come-on flavor that wakes up your morning appetite. Why, Pep is even called the sunshine cereal. It's golden and sunny as can be. As for tender crispness, well, you can't beat those delicate whole wheat flakes. They practically melt in your mouth. Yes, sir, with Kellogg's Pep, it's a cinch to eat up every last bit in your bowl. And you know, that's particularly important nowadays when the cereal grains are being sent to fellas and girls overseas. Don't waste cereal. Handle the package carefully if you pour your own pep. And tip off the rest of your family, too. Remember, gang, it's important to eat all your pep. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. Abducted and taken to the little country of Bolomar, Professor Alonzo Sturgeon, famous American atom bomb scientist, was given a powerful drug which put him into a half coma and made him reveal the secrets of the bomb. Immediately then, Rex, power-mad dictator of Bolomar, prepared to launch a surprise atomic attack by air against the United States in a week. Meanwhile, Clark Kent, who had vainly tried to learn the origin of a strange foreign word which one of the professor's abductors had used, persuaded Editor White to run a word contest in the Daily Planet hoping that someone would see and recognize the word and thus reveal the country to which Professor Sturgeon had been taken. As we continue now, it is early evening in Metropolis, and in the modest home of the Partez family, Mrs. Partez is preparing dinner as Mr. Partez chuckles over the funnies in the evening paper. 
He's smart and Jeff there. Very funny fellows. You should be ashamed, Papa, for a big man like you to read funny. Why, I should be ashamed, Maria. I like to read funny. Better to read in the papers what has happened to Professor Sturgeon. I am afraid some bad country makes professors tell them how to make atom bombs. Then they drop them on you and me and Eduardo and everybody else in America. Ah, don't be afraid, Maria. Professor Sturgeon is a fine man. Fine American. He not tell anybody about our atom bomb. First big talk. You read newspaper, Papa. See if they find out about Professor Sturgeon yet. Okay. Here. Hunt for missing atom bomb scientist still on. That means they not find him yet, no? See. Old United Nations pledge aid in search. Ah, now they should to find him, Maria. Oh, I pray all the time they find him, Papa. We are so happy here, America. I wish nothing to happen. Uh, don't worry, Maria. We'll be everything fine. Papa say so. Now stop the worry. Maria? Yes? Oh, how did Papa? Hey, Maria, look. This paper is half big content. They say $100 if anybody can say what word is from what country. And look, Maria, one of the words is saluto. Saluto? See, I, I know that. Mean um, a big fool in Bolomar. You see, we tell Daily Planet saluto is word from our old country, Bolomar, and they pay us $100. $100? No, this cannot be, Papa. It's too easy. Look for yourself. Listen, I will read what it says. Give the meaning of any of these six words, hmm? name the language and the country it comes from, hmm? and win $100. $100? Papa, we can buy new rope for Pala, new dishes and curtains, and maybe a suit for Eduardo, eh? Si, and a new dress for you, Maria. Oh, Reno, where is the pencil and paper? Oh, no, 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 no. Better you write, tell me, Papa. Where did Eduardo put... Oh, here. I have it. Here, right, Papa. And when Eduardo come in for supper, he can make it to a new table. Good. How I will write, huh? Ah, dear Mr. Laboriously, Papa Partez writes a letter to the Daily Planet, seals and stamps the envelope, and later that evening gives it to his Eduardo to mail. The next morning, in Editor Perry White's office in the Daily Planet, the gray-haired editor and Clark Kent hear a report from Miss Williams, the librarian who has been put in charge of the word contest. We've received over a hundred correct answers to the Russian, Finnish, Portuguese, and Chinese words. Never mind that, Miss Williams. Uh, how about the word we want? Uh, what is it, Kent? Zaluto. Oh, yes, yeah, Zaluto. Uh, how about that? We haven't a single letter on that word. No, we haven't. No. Now, you see, Kent, I told you it wouldn't work. Well, the contest isn't over yet, Chief. After all, this is only the first day. And I didn't expect many letters on this word. But we didn't get even one. If you want my opinion, that word is a figment of that idiot horn's imagination. There is no such word at all. I think there is. And I'm hoping that somewhere in Metropolis, there's a former inhabitant of this unknown country who'll give us the information we want. Look, Miss Williams, yes. if you receive a letter on this word, bring it to us at once, will you please? Oh, I certainly will, Mr. Kent. Maybe we'll get one tomorrow. Here's hoping. I've just checked with Miss Williams, Kent. Three days of the contest are over and still not a single letter on that Zaluto word. Well, I haven't given up hope yet, Chief. I'm still convinced that the only clue they left is this word Zaluto. And I'm convinced you're nuts. I still say there is no such word. We'll see. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe. Yes, Miss Williams, the contest will be over tomorrow. Now, I was wondering, uh, that word Zaluto... Oh, yes, we had one letter this morning. You did? Mm-hmm. Well, why didn't you tell me? You're worse, oh, Kent. but well, the answer in that letter was incorrect, Professor. Incorrect? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean? How do you know? Well, the writer said she thought Zaluto was an American Indian word. But we checked with the Bureau of Indian Affairs and discovered that it was wrong. I see. Well, I expected as much. All right, Miss Williams, that's all. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, Mr. White. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> Well, there's 
Contest is over, Kent. Only one letter on the words of Luto, and the lady who sent it in was all wet. Can't understand it, Chief. Well, I can. As I said right along, I'm convinced there never was such a word. But Lois and Horatio Horn both heard one of the abductors use it. They heard something else and got it wrong. It's strange that both of them would get it wrong. Well, they did, and that's that. I don't know. The only thing that's been accomplished is the Daily Planet being nicked for several thousand dollars. Well... We're still as far from finding Professor Sturgeon as we ever were. Ah, you and your smart idea. Now, look, I, I should have known better than to listen to you in the first place. I'm sorry, Chief. I was sure the contest would work. <laughs> As Clark Kent and Perry White face defeat in their attempts to trace Professor Sturgeon, and while the nation's police and intelligence services pursue a relentless search for the missing atom bomb expert, a quite different scene is taking place in far-off Bolomar. There on the floor of a large underground airport stand 100 jet-propelled fighter-bomber planes. Nearby is a long brick factory with walls three feet thick. From the factory come occasional groups of native men, wheeling dollies, on each of which reposes a single, shining, aluminum-covered bomb. Just outside the factory stands the beak-nosed, piercing-eyed Rex of Bolomar, resplendent in a sky-blue military uniform, the great diamond star of Bolomar upon his chest. He speaks angrily to pudgy, bespectacled Dr. Blomberg, the former leading Nazi scientist in atomics. One week I gave you, Dr. Blomberg, to complete ten bombs. This is the end of the week. You have completed only seven. I'm sorry, Your Excellency. There have been difficulties for us to make our bombs somewhat different from the Americans. Uh, by tomorrow noon, the others will be completed. Tomorrow noon? I plan to strike at the United States tonight. My planes are ready. My men are prepared. I'm sorry, Excellency. That is not enough. Have I not told you the whole world seeks for Professor Sturgeon? Should they trace him to us before we have attacked, we are lost. Tell me, you are certain the bombs will all be ready by tomorrow noon? I give you my word, Excellency. All right. Tomorrow it is then. We will take off shortly after noon and strike the United States after dark. Eyes flashing, Rex of Bolomar shakes his clenched fist above his head, vowing destruction to our country. That evening in the humble Partez home in Metropolis, Papa Partez again sits at the kitchen table with a copy of the Daily Planet. Beside him stands his wife, Maria, reading eagerly over his shoulder. I cannot understand, Maria. Here are the names of the winners of the contest, but my name is not here. You are sure, Papa? See, three times I have read the names and mine is not among them. Oh, how can that be? Mm. Look, there are no winners for the words alone. Yet my letter told of that word. I cannot... Wait. Eduardo? Yes, Papa? Come here. The letter I gave you last week to mail to the Daily Planet. You mailed it? What letter? Oh, yes, the letter. Sure, sure I mailed it. You're certain, Eduardo? Sure, Mom. I took it right down. Oh, jeepers. What? Well, what is it? The letter. It's right here in my back pocket. Oh, no. In your pocket? Oh, gee, I'm sorry. Papa, I forgot all about it. When I got downstairs that day after supper, I ran into a friend of mine and... We got to talking and stopped in for a soda, and... Gee, I forgot all about mailing the letter. Forget. Oh, Zaluto. Now it's no $100. No new rug, no new curtains, no new suit for you, Eduardo. What are you talking about? I don't get it. That letter, it was going to win for us $100. Oh, gee, Papa, I'm awful sorry. It's I... too late now to be sorry. The contest is over. What, what contest? What is... It is no matter now. It is all over. Maybe it's still not too late, Papa. Maybe you go to a newspaper, say how... I... Father, forget to mail letter. That is no good. The contest is all over, I say. Maybe you go anyway. Take you, Eduardo. He will say how he forgets. Eh? Sure, sure. I'll tell him, Papa. No, 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 no. It is too late. It's no more hundred dollars for us. But, Papa, please, go to newspaper tomorrow. It is no use. His contest all over. Carefully, Mrs. Partez pleads with her husband to go to the Daily Planet in the morning. But he, unaware that in his hands he holds Superman's only clue to Professor Sturgeon's whereabouts, stubbornly refuses. 
This is the Zero Hour. Will Papa Partez change his mind and go to Clark Kent and Perry White in the morning? If not, things look bad. Because tomorrow at noon, the Rex of Bolomar plans to have his jet planes loaded with deadly atom bombs take off for a surprise attack on the United States. What will happen? Tomorrow's episode is packed with action and suspense, gang. So don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Hello, Pep. The Sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, with the big word contest closed in the Daily Planet, Clark Kent and Perry White fear that their latest effort to find Professor Sturgeon has been in vain. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, Kellogg's Pep sure does have plenty on the ball. Pitches a winning game at breakfast every time. Just think of the scores you can chalk up for Pep. First, golden toasted sunshine flavor. Sunny full wheat flavor. A come-on flavor that keeps your spoon coming right back for more. Why, Kellogg's Pep is called the sunshine cereal. And Pep is a winner for crisp tenderness, too. Sure, every crunchy flake is light and delicate as could be. And does Kellogg's Pep score for nutrition? It's got loads of solid whole wheat nourishment and more. Your mom will tell you how good Pep is for you. Yes, sir. Kellogg's Pep is a dish your morning appetite can really latch on to. The sort of dish you want to concentrate on until you've eaten up every last bit in your bowl. Which is a particularly hep idea nowadays, gang. Because you wouldn't want to waste cereal when we're sending the cereal grains to help give good nourishment to fellows and girls overseas. So when mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers, make sure there's no waste at your house. If you pour your own Pep, pour it carefully and eat up every bit you pour out. That's the right idea, gang. Eat all your pep. Don't waste it. Now, the adventures of Superman. 
Francis Sturgeon, famous atomic scientist, was abducted and taken to the country of Bolomar, he was given a powerful drug, under the influence of which he revealed the secrets of the atom bomb. Working day and night, native and German scientists manufactured their version of the deadly bombs, and the dictator of Bolomar, known as the X, set noon of this very day for a surprise attack on the United States as his first step in world conquest. As we continue now, it is almost 9 a.m. in Metropolis, a few minutes before the zero hour in Bolomar. Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, the little amateur detective, have just returned to Metropolis, and in Editor Perry White's office in the Daily Planet, Clark Kent is bringing them up to date. Listen. Well, I was hoping our word contest in the Times would pay off, that somebody would recognize Zaluto, the word you two heard Professor Sturgeon's abductors use, but I guess it was no so. Uh, it's I mighty strange. I don't know. I was sure one of our readers would identify the word. You were sure. You and your big ideas. I should have known better than to waste time and money. There's your inter-office phone. I can hear it. Yes? What is it, Miss Backrack? There's a Mr. Partez here to say you must wait. Never heard of him. Tell him I'm... He's here about the contest. Well, tell him it's all over. Well, I told him that, Mr. White, but he insists on seeing you. Something about an entry that didn't get mailed or something. Excuse me, Chief. Uh, tell Mr. Partez to come in, please, Miss Backrack. Why of all the, 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 the colossal no, nerve you... Take it easy. Oh, take it easy, Chief. What can we lose by giving this Mr. Partez a minute? He might be the answer to our prayers. You think so? Well, who knows? Why overlook any possibility? Exactly. Ah, we've run the contest a full week and nothing happens. And now, somebody walks in here, probably a crank who thinks he should have won a prize, and you... Excuse insist. me, please. Well, um, I am Rodolfo. My Eduardo, he's my son. He forgets... Hold that door, somebody! If I must be exposed to this, let's have a look. Quiet! I'll close it, I'll close it. If you want quiet, he stop howling. Who's howling? You are! You are. Now, Mr. Cortez, you were saying... Uh... Uh, si, senor. This letter, my Eduardo, I give him to mail. He talked to his friend and forget to mail it to Cortez. Well, what word in the contest is your letter about, Mr. Cortez? Is the word saluto. Saluto? saluto. Uh, did you say saluto? Hey, uh, si, senor. If you will look at this letter... Never mind the letter. Oh, what's the language? language? Uh, what's uh, speak up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, give him a chance to speak. Now, Mr. Cortez, uh, about this word saluto, what does it mean? It, it means... Big fool, senor. Great grasshopper. Well, what country's language is this word from, Mr. Partez? A country I come from, senor. Oh, what country is that? Bolimar. Oh, no. oh, where's that? that? A small country far away in big mountains. Yes, yes, I know where it is. Say, this really adds up. Bolimar is governed by a dictator called Rex. He see, see. And he is a very bad man. Yeah. Uh, probably just a little ten-cent tyrant talking through his hat. Well, not if he has the atom bomb, he isn't. No doubt about it, by Gulliver. Rex's agents must have abducted Professor Sturgeon. And they may have the atom bomb secret right now. Chief... Call Inspector Henderson. Call the State Department. No, Call no, no, somebody. wait a minute. Wait a minute. I mean, wait, a minute. wait a minute. This is a delicate proceeding. We can't accuse a country without adequate proof. Just because you think somebody sent Saluto... That's it. Open up. Warrant a little quick investigation, Chief. Uh, Mr. Partez, you've done us a great service. Thanks very much. I'll see you again. Yeah, but wait, senor. The hundred dollar prize for my skirt and, oh, yes. and dishes and the new suit for Eduardo. Yeah, yes, of course. Mr. White will give it to you. So long, everybody. Uh, now, wait. Where are you going, Claude? You'd be surprised. I'll be seeing you. <laughs> Across the city room, Clark Kent enters the deserted storeroom, swiftly strips off his business suit, and stands revealed in the blue costume and red cape of Superman. He steps to the window, opens it. Up! Up! And away! Leaping from the Daily Planet, Superman veers and rockets away, flashing down across the country, over the Gulf of Mexico, and out over the great ocean, bound for Bolomar. But even as he nears a long green coastline, streaks above it and heads for a chain of towering mountains, wrecks of Bolomar's fleet of jet-propelled fighter bombers, each marked with a tiger's head and star, and each carrying a shining, deadly atom bomb, has roared from the huge underground airport, circled above in the cloudless tropical sky, then zoomed away in formation. 
From the lead plane in which the Rex himself rides with the German Dr. Blomberg, General Maron, the dictator's voice crackles over the radio to his flight commanders. Flight commanders, attention. We will proceed in formation to the Gulf of Mexico. There we will disperse as previously arranged in ten squadrons. Each of you know the Yankee city you are to destroy. By midnight, the United States will be ours. Now, onward for your rich in Palomar. deadlier bombs spurt through the cloudless sky, Superman has crossed the last range of mountains, sighted them, and his keen sense of hearing has intercepted the Rex's message to his wing commanders. Now he calls on his powerful muscles for speed and flashes toward the hundred planes. So you're going to destroy our cities, are you? By midnight, the United States will be yours, eh? Okay, I'll have something to say about that. Into those planes and smash them. Away! shattering radioactive fragments of their neighbors reach them and touch into flaming death the atom bombs in their face. For a moment, Superman, awed by the mammoth conflagration that covered the sky, and fire pauses. Then, spotting a lone plane which had managed to maneuver out of the Holocaust and was streaking back to Bolomar, Man of Steel rockets after it. That's Bolomar's headman, Rex, in that ship. Got to get him alive so he can be tried for... Wait, Scott, I'm too late! Superman reaches out to grasp Rex of Bolomar's fleeing plane. A piece of falling wreckage, unseen by the Man of Steel, strikes the bomb-laden aircraft. In a blinding flash, it explodes, shooting the great section of its fuselage carrying the atomic bomb downward to shudder into the earth over the underground factories and laboratories of Bolomar. A split second later, the atom bomb shatters into life, blowing the hidden factories, laboratories, and cyclotrons high into the air. Then, disintegrating into dust, they fall slowly back to earth. That afternoon, after Superman had returned with Dr. Sturgeon, extra editions of the Daily Planet screamed the news of his latest exploit in the cause of peace. As again, in the guise and garb of Clark Kent, he stands with Editor Perry White, Lois Lane, and Horatio Horn in the Metropolis Railroad Station, bidding goodbye to the little amateur detective. So you won't change your mind to stay in Metropolis, Horatio? No, no. Thanks very much, Mr. White. But I've had enough excitement to last me a lifetime. I'm going back to Screen Run, catch up on my sleep and fishing, by Gulliver. <laughs> uh, Professor Sturgeon wants to meet you, Horatio. He'd like to thank you for your part in saving his life. Shucks, I didn't have much to do with it, Mr. Kent. <laughs> but uh, you did most... Oh, oh, by Gulliver, that's my train. I, uh, I've got to run. Goodbye, my friends and colleagues. And, and oh, when you're in Screen Run, be sure to look me up. Well, do Aunt Miss My House, my diploma from the famous correspondence school for detectives and stores framed on the gate post. <laughs> There goes quite a character. I never would have believed it, but you know I'm going to miss that little man. So am I. Well, let's get back to the office and wind up this Baltimore story. Then we'll go home and get some sleep. 
Oh, what a day. Maybe we'll have a few days of peace and quiet now. (laughs) On the Daily Planet? I doubt it, Lois. Probably get back to the office and find another terrific story waiting for us. I wouldn't be surprised, Clark. You're right, Clark. A man is waiting for you in your office at this moment with a story and a surprise which is going to jar you right down to your heels. Coming back to the Daily Planet with Editor White and Lois Lane, Clark Kent enters his office to find a square-set, square-faced man with a thick mustache sitting in a chair. The man has a black derby hat and a rolled umbrella on his knees. And now he transfers them to one hand as he rises and stretches out his other hand to Kent. Mr. Kent? Mr. Clark Kent? Why, yes. Uh, Who are you? Glad to make your acquaintance, Superman. What did you say? I said I'm glad to make your acquaintance, Superman. I've come a long way to meet you. Startled, his jaw dropping, Clark Kent stares down at the square-set, square-faced man who has just called him by his real name and who now stares back at him unwaveringly. Who is this stranger who seems aware of one of the most carefully guarded secrets in the world, the secret of Superman's double identity? Fellows and girls, on Monday, we're beginning one of the most fascinating Superman adventures. One in which the Man of Steel is called upon to exert not only every ounce of his amazing physical powers, but his brain as well, to meet the greatest challenge of his entire career. So be sure to be with us when our story starts. Tune in Monday, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today we begin an exciting new story, a story that endangers the most carefully guarded secret of Superman's life, his double identity. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. Say, I know a lot of fellas and girls who are all hepped up about how keen Kellogg's Pep tastes at breakfast. They say it's a super terrific dish, or a super duper, or just plain super. But no matter how you say it, it all comes down to the fact that if you're hep to pep, you're hep to some super delicious eating. Why, just one glimpse at those crispy whole wheat flakes will tell you that. They're tender and delicate and toasted golden brown. And flavor? Why, Kellogg's Pep is called the Sunshine Cereal. It's loaded with a sunny golden toasted flavor that sure tickles your taste. Every spoonful calls for more. Fact is, gang, Kellogg's Pep is really on the sunbeam. Make breakfast so terrific, you'll want to eat hearty. You don't want to leave one single flake in your bowl. And that's the right angle, gang, especially nowadays when the cereal grains, like the whole wheat and pep, are being sent to fellows and girls overseas. So get hep to pep, gang, when Mom brings Kellogg's pep home from the grocers. Don't waste it. If you pour your own pep, pour it carefully and polish off every bit you pour out. Pass the word along to the rest of your family, too. 
Just remember, eat all your pet. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. Following his spectacular victory over the wrecks of Bolomar, Superman and his guise of the mild-mannered reporter Clark Kent returned to the Daily Planet, where he received a startling surprise. In his office, he found a square-set, square-faced man with a heavy mustache waiting for him, a black derby hat and a rolled umbrella across his knees. As Kent entered, the stranger arose. Stretching out his hand, he inquired, Mr. Kent? Yes? Mr. Clark Kent? That's right. Uh, Who are you? I'm happy to make your acquaintance, Superman. What? I said I'm happy to make your acquaintance, Superman. I've come a long way for the pleasure of meeting you. But now, now, my dear chap, no need to be alarmed. Your secret's quite safe with me, for the time being, at least. Oh, wait a minute. There must be some mistake. No, no, sir. No mistake at all. But you... you... you called me Superman. Come, come. You're not denying it, are you? I don't quite understand this. Just who are you? My card, sir. Thank you. Mr. Herbert Calkins, St. John's Wood, London, Southwest. Exactly. And now, sir... Wait a minute, you're... Yes? Why, uh... uh... Go on. Mm-hmm. You were about to read the printing under the inked-out line in the corner. Oh, how could I do that? Whatever was printed there is hidden by a heavy line of ink. Oh, you think fast, Mr. Kent. What do you mean? I mean that as Superman, you have X-ray vision. You can easily see what's covered by the ink. Oh, well, no hard feelings. I should have known you'd be clever enough to escape that little trap. Look here, Mr. Hawkins. This little joke has gone far enough. I don't know what you're here for, but I'm really quite busy, so if you'll state your business... Uh, Why, man, I suggest we talk over dinner. What? I happen to know quite an excellent cafe near here. The food's capital. There's no beastly hubbub. We can talk undisturbed. Thank you, but can't we talk right here? I don't want to seem rude, but I'm really quite busy. I promise that you'll find what I have to say more interesting and far more important than any routine matters here. Hmm? Mr. Kent? All right. All right, I'll have dinner with you, Mr. Calkins. (laughs) I thought you would. Shall we go? Capital dinner, eh? What? Yes, yes, very good. Cigar with your coffee? No, thanks. I never smoke. Nor drink? No, I never drink either. Neither does Superman. <laughs> does that make me Superman? That and quite a few other things. Oh? No. I presume you still insist that you were unable to read the inked-out line on my card? Do we have to go into that again? It would save a good deal of time if you admitted your identity to me at once. But since you won't, I'll tell you. Quite unnecessarily, I'm sure. That the inked-out line read, Scotland Yard. Oh, yes, of course. You're the famous Scotland Yard detective, the fellow they call the the, the super sleuth over there. Oh, I was with Scotland Yard. Thirty years. Of course. Until the day the war ended. Then I decided my country could spare me and I could devote all my time to you, Mr. Kent. To me? Yes. You see, I was becoming quite bored. Most cases, difficult as they appeared at first, were rather easily solved. Some of them took more time and patience than others, that's all. But in the end, they all came out alike because practically all criminals, clever as they think themselves, make one little mistake. For me, it became merely a process of ferreting out that little mistake, then getting my man. I see, but... I'm coming to that. But what does it all have to do with me? I'm not a criminal. I'm coming to it. As I say, I became bored at Scotland Yard. I wanted a mystery that would really test my mettle. Well, now I've found it. (laughs) 
From what you said before, I gather this, this mystery has something to do with me. It has everything to do with you, sir. You see, I decided long ago that Superman must have a double identity. Oh? My research, and very careful research it was, sir, led me to the inescapable conclusion that Superman and Clark Kent are one and the same person. <laughs> me, Superman? <laughs> oh, you're very flattering, Mr. Corkin. Not at all. You see, my research showed that the Metropolis Daily Planet alone had some contact, official or unofficial, with Superman. Well, couldn't that be coincidence? Yes, it could be coincidence. But I was convinced it wasn't. And that made sense, too, you know. Superman devotes his great powers to the cause of tolerance and justice. Where could he be in a better position to discover where he was needed than on a great newspaper? But I still don't see how that... Quiet, old chap. There's somebody coming over where? here. Oh, oh, the waiter. Just as well be careful. More coffee, gentlemen. Mm, I'll have a little. Yes, sir. You, sir. No, no, none for me, thanks. Oh, thank you, my man. That'll be all. Very well. Now, Mr. Kent, to continue. I really don't think it's necessary, Mr. Corkins. You mean you're willing to admit you're Superman? Nothing of the sort. Frankly, the whole thing is too... Well, it, it's too outlandish to waste more time on. But look here, I've now. got to get back to the office. We're putting an extra edition on the Bolomar affair. So if you'll excuse me, Mr. Now, Corkins... wait, please. I noticed your story on that little affair scooped the whole world. Well, I, I was just lucky, I guess. Oh, don't be so modest. Isn't it because you were right on the scene as Superman? Now, look, Mr. Corkins, I'm Come not... now, Mr. Kent. I told you I had the goods on you, as you American chaps say. If you'll come up to my hotel suite... I'll show you enlarged, detailed photographs of yourself and Superman. Really? Yes. I'll show you plaster models made from those photographs, showing your identical measurements between the eyes, the identical lines of the nose and ears and mouth. Well, I'll show you a cast of Superman's footprint, the only one in existence. I'd like to see that stuff, Mr. Corkins. I'm sure I'd find it very interesting. Believe me, you would. And amusing. But some other time, perhaps. Hmm? Right now I have work to do. Take my word for it, you're wasting your time. Get it. I've never wasted my time before, Mr. Kent. I'm so certain I'm right that I came all the way over here from England to prove it. Oh? And how do you propose to do that? I've arranged a little test for you. A test? <laughs> you mean you want me to jump off the insurance billing observation tower, for instance, to see if I bounce? Oh, no. Nothing like that. This is a very simple test. It won't take more than a few seconds, and it'll prove without doubt that you are or are not Superman. What say? Are you game? Well, look, as I told you before, Mr. Corkins, I consider this a waste of time. And since I'm very busy, I'm afraid I must... Repeat... I knew I was right. What? I must be, since you were afraid to make the test. Oh, I'm not afraid at all, but I don't it think... It appears that you are, Mr. Kent. And that satisfies me. I told you that if you cooperated with me, I would respect your secret as long as possible. But I'm but not... But since you refuse... I consider myself at liberty to publish a report of my findings in book form. Book? A leading British publisher who has a large branch here in Metropolis is very eager to publish my book. Wait no, a minute, you, you can't do that. Uh, then can't. submit to my little test. Now, look, I haven't time, and besides... I assure you it'll take only a few seconds. And since you say you must get back to your office, we can make the test there. Oh, but it's too silly. It, it, it... Now, look here, old chap. I'll make a bargain with you. A bargain? Yes. Submit to my little test. If you're not Superman, as you would have me believe, you have nothing to fear. But if you are Superman, well, I'll agree not to publish my book for at least five years. How does that strike you? I... What is the test? I can't tell you until we're ready to make it. 
And you want to make this test in my office? Righto. Well, what do you say? All right, Mr. Calkins. I agree. Come to my office. This square bulldog face beaming, the famous Scotland Yard detective accompanies a deeply worried Clark Kent from the restaurant. What is the test he has prepared for Kent? Clark Kent and Herbert Calkins, famous Scotland Yard detective, have returned to the Daily Planet where the staff is working overtime to publish a special edition. Following Kent into his office, Calkins closes the door carefully, then produces a small cylindrical tube and a tiny glass vial from his pocket. Now, Mr. Kent, the test, which will determine whether you are or are not Superman. Here. What's this? This little cylinder contains a sterilized needle. Needle? What are you going to do with... I want to prick your finger with this needle. What? If I can puncture your skin and draw blood... It'll prove that you are not Superman. Because Superman is known to have impenetrable skin. Oh, but if I cannot puncture your skin, then I'll prove what I'm sure is true. That you are Superman. Great Scott, I... Come, Mr. Kent. Hold out your hand. But, wait, I... I... Your hand, please, Mr. Kent. His mind racing desperately like a squirrel on a trail, Clark Kent hesitates, seeking some way out of this trap. For as he well knows, his skin cannot be punctured. How can Kent escape revealing the truth of his double identity to the astute master detective from Scotland Yard? Is his carefully guarded secret about to be revealed at last? Tomorrow's episode will keep you on the edges of your chairs, gang, as Superman matches wits with the cleverest opponent he has ever faced. So be sure to tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. The Sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Clark Kent, otherwise known as Superman, is on the spot, for Herbert Calkins insists on making a test that cannot help but reveal the reporter's real identity. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, when you buzz into breakfast tomorrow morning, treat yourself to a pep double scoop. Oh, that's this week's pep dish of the week. And it's double everything you say for delicious. Here's the pitch. Just pour your regular serving of Kellogg's Pep Sunshine Cereal into your dish as usual. Scoop out a hollow on each side and scoop in some juicy red raspberries. Add milk and sugar and you've got a pep double scoop. And believe you me, you've got a scoop-a-duper. You'll dig into those ripe red raspberries right along with tender, crisp flakes of Kellogg's Pep that are loaded with full wheat sunshine flavor. And with every spoonful, you'll say, Brother, give me another. That's how slick Pep always tastes. Why, Pep's golden toasted flavor just naturally sends you and sends your spoon right back for more and more till it hits bottom in your bowl, which is the right idea, especially now that we're sending the cereal grains to fellows and girls across the seas to help give them good nourishment. Remember that when Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers. Make sure there's no waste at your house. And remember to pour it carefully if you pour your own Pep. Because this is a particularly important time to eat all your Pep. Don't waste it. 
And now, the adventures of Superman. After many years of study and research, Herbert Calkins, Scotland Yard's most famous detective, was convinced that he had solved one of the world's greatest secrets, Superman's double identity. To secure final proof, Calkins came to the United States where he visited Clark Kent at the Metropolis Daily Planet and flatly stated that he, Kent, was Superman. Startled, Kent attempted to laugh the famous sleuth out of his theory, but was unsuccessful, and finally had to agree to submit to a test. As we continue now in Kent's office, the square-set, square-faced detective has produced a small cylinder in which, he explains, is a sterilized needle. Listen. Hold out your hand, please, Mr. Kent. What for? Superman has impenetrable skin. Oh? If I can punch your fingertip with this needle and draw blood, it'll prove conclusively that you are not he. But I... If I can't punch your skin, it'll prove that I'm right and that you are Superman. Now then, please, hold out your hand, old chap. But... Wait a minute. Your I... hand, please. No, I, I, I can't do it. Very well, then. Your refusal to make the test releases me from my promise. Now I shall go ahead and publish my book, revealing your double identity to the whole world. Just a minute, Mr. Corkins. You don't understand. You see, I... Well, some people can't stand the sight of blood, you know. Not, not even a tiny drop of it, and I... Now, do you expect me to believe you can't? Well, I hate to admit it, but quite a few folks around here will tell you that I'm not very brave. In fact, one of my best friends calls me a mollycoddle. Uh, you're putting on a good show, but there's no use. Oh, there you are, Clark. What a break. Listen, the chief wants to see you at once. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were busy. Oh, no, no. That's, that's all right, Lois. matter of fact, you're just the person I want to see. Uh, Miss Lane, allow me to present Mr. Herbert Calkins, late of Scotland Yard. I'm delighted, Miss Lane. How do you... D- Did you say Herbert Calkins? The famous detective? That's right. Well, uh, Look, Lois, I know you'll be glad to talk with Mr. Calkins a moment while I see what the chief wants. Uh, now, look here. There's nothing I'd like better. I followed all of your cases, Mr. Calkins. And there's one in particular that I'd love to ask you about. The case of the London Witch Doctor. Good. You, you two have a nice chat. I'll be right back. Now, into Lois's office. Should be a pin on her desk somewhere. Oh, yes, here's one. Now a match. Gee, not good. Here's one. What a spot I'm in. This Hawkins is a smart potato and he's got me cornered. With a little luck, I might be able to fool him. Yeah, I guess the flames make this pen sterile. Now for a quick visit to Mr. White's office. Now look, Ant, about this Baltimore story. Whatever you want, Chief, consider it done. Now let's shake on it, huh? Mm-hmm. I want to shake your hand to seal the bargain. What is this? Well, let go of my hand, Ken. Oh, what in oh, thunder's oh. come over you? Huh? What the... Oh, what's the matter, Chief? You cut my finger. What? It or something. Uh, look, what kind of a gag is this? See, there is a drop of blood on your little finger. I guess I must have a rough edge on one of my fingernails. Here, wait a minute. I'll, I'll... Oh, let go. No, let no, go. no. Hold steady. I'll just brush it off. There we are. You better get some antiseptic on it right away. Oh, nonsense, nonsense. Can't even see the scratch. Just the same. Well, I wouldn't you stop any... acting like an idiot. I said you can't even see the scratch. Now listen, Kent. I want to look. Full I'll complete... be back in just a moment, Chief. I've got to get rid of a visitor. Well, hurry up. Hurry up. I will. Oh, uh, thanks very much. Thanks. For what? For your uh, uh, contribution. But Clark is a bit of a sissy. Oh, thanks for the set-off, Lois. Oh, I, I... Well, I don't care, Clark. Mr. Clark says that he wants to make a blood test on you for some reason, and you seem afraid to submit to it. Oh, I, I... I don't happen to like the sight of blood. You know that. There, you see, Mr. Corkins. Yes, I see, Miss Lane. Mr. Ken seems to have fooled you, as he fooled so many other people. Fooled me? Why, why, what do you mean? That question, my dear, will be answered in an important book I intend to publish very shortly. Oh, a book? Precisely. Now, wait, I... I've changed my mind. What's that? 
I've decided to go through with the test. Really? Why, what a big, brave man. My say, what made you change your mind, old man? Never mind. I'm ready, Mr. Corkins. Very well. We'll soon find out. Hold out your hand, Mr. Kemp. Uh, well, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll stick the needle in my finger myself. But why? Well, you might stick it in too deep. Oh, now, really. Of all the things. You keep out of this, Lois. Look, Clark. Well, Mr. Corkins? Here's the needle. But no tricks, my lad. I'm watching you. Well, all right. Here goes. <laughs> Quickly cupping his hand, Clark Kent pretends to puncture the skin of his little fingertip, where he had previously deposited a tiny drop of Perry White's blood. Then, still acting the frightened mouse, he cries out in pain. Ow! Oh! There you are, Mr. Corkins. Blood. I can't look at it. Mm. Will you stop being such a baby, Clark? Are you satisfied, Mr. Corkins? Hurry, will you? Hurry, I don't want to paint. Just a moment, old chap. Now what? I'll just take this stuff up in the eye, eye dropper there. Like this. Put it in this bottle. There we are. Can I look now? Honestly, just wait until I tell the chief and Jimmy about this. Oh, please don't tell them, Lois. Well, what about it, Mr. Corkins? Are you satisfied now? He should be thoroughly satisfied that you're as brave as a, a mouse. Look, Lois, I will admit this is a bit of a stumper, Mr. Kent. But I'm not saying yes. And I'm not saying no, yet. There remains something I must do first. Goodbye, Miss Lane. Goodbye, Mr. Cole. But what about... I'll be in touch with you later, Mr. Kent. Hello, Lois Lane speaking. Are you there, Miss Lane? This is Herbert Calkins. Oh, yes, Mr. Calkins. Wasn't that the silliest scene in Clark Kent's office just now? Well, I wouldn't call it silly. I've just examined the specimen of blood under my microscope. Don't tell me. Let me guess. It came from a mouth. Oh, no. It's human, all right. I can't believe it. But I'd like to talk to you about it, as well as about something else I believe you'll find most interesting. Really? What is it? I prefer not to discuss it over the telephone, if you don't mind. Could you possibly get away from your office and meet me at the Somerset restaurant? I can and I will. This sounds intriguing. When? Shall we say in uh, in 15 minutes? Right, Mr. Corkins. I'll be at the Somerset restaurant in 15 minutes. Replacing the telephone, Lois Lane quickly powders her nose, puts on her hat, and hurries from the Daily Planet to meet Herbert Corkins. What does the famous Scotland Yard detective have to tell her? Seated at a table with Herbert Corkins in the Somerset restaurant, Lois Lane's eyes have widening more and more as she listens to what the famous English detective has been telling her. What? That Superman? Oh, I can't believe it, Mr. Corkins. If you'll forgive my saying so, Miss Lane, I've never been wrong yet. I've worked for years on this case, and I've collected mountains of incontrovertible evidence, photographs, the only footprint of Superman's in existence. I know you told me, but... Clark, I just can't believe it. Superman is, is so... Think, Miss Lane, now think... Certainly a bright young lady like yourself must have suspected a connection between Kent and Superman at one time or another. But it's impossible, Mr. Corkins. Superman isn't afraid of anything, while Clark, as anyone can see, is, well, he's afraid of his own shadow. Nonsense. He's very clever. He, he puts on an act, as you Americans say. An act? Certainly. The more unlike Superman you think him, the less likely you are to suspect his real identity, you see? Yes, I see what you mean, but... Oh, wait a minute. You're wrong. Superman has impenetrable skin. If Clark were he, he wouldn't have been able to puncture his finger. I don't believe he did. Well, how can that be when you saw him? I saw it? him appear to prick his finger, and I saw the drop of blood. 
I'm convinced, however, that he tricked me. Well, how could he? I don't know how, but I'm certain he tricked me in one way or another. However, I mean to make sure by Jove. Well, how? Goodness gracious, I'm all excited, Mr. Gawkins. I've evolved another test, which our friend, clever as he is, won't be able to get out of. It'll prove, definitely, whether he is or is not Superman. But in this, I'll need your help, Miss Lang. Me? Yes. Will you help me? Oh, will I? And how? Why, Why? if what you say is true, it'll be the biggest story of the year, of the century. And what a laugh I'll have on Clark. You tell me your plan, Mr. Corkin. Righto. With your cooperation, I can't fail. And by tomorrow night, Superman will be revealed as Clark Kent. Now, this is what I wish you to do. Carefully, Herbert Calkins completely outlines to Lois Lane his plan to prove conclusively that Superman and Clark Kent are one and the same person. What is the Ace Detective's plan? And will it succeed? Tomorrow's episode brings another battle of wits between Scotland Yard's greatest sleuth, the man who has never been wrong, and Superman, who battles to guard the secret he holds more dearly than his life. Be sure to tune in, same time, same station. Remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Come on. The Sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Herbert Calkins has a new experiment to try on Clark Kent. 
And unbeknown to the man of steel, he has enlisted the aid of none other than the girl reporter, Lois Lane. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. You know what happens to fellas and girls who take time to eat a solid sort of breakfast? The kind experts recommend? Well, watch them tick off every vacation day in the snappy mood that makes for a good time. And gang, you know what's the nifty appetite tickler that looks so good you want to eat hearty come breakfast time? Why, it's Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Yes, sir, those golden toasted flakes of sun-ripened whole wheat sure do give your appetite the old one, too. And when you really dig in, Kellogg's Pep tastes just as slick as it looks. Smooth sunshine flavor, tender crispness, mighty terrific eating. One look at Pep's golden goodness, one taste of that knockout full wheat flavor, and you're all set to polish off every last spoonful in your bowl. And nothing could be smarter nowadays when it's not a good idea to waste cereal, because the cereal grains have been picked out to give that swell grain nourishment to fellows and girls overseas. So latch on to Kellogg's Pep, gang. When Mom brings Pep home from the grocers, make sure it's not wasted. Handle with care is the idea if you pour your own cereal and eat up every bit you pour out. Tip off the rest of your family, too. Just remember, eat all your pep. Don't waste it. And now, the adventure of Superman. Convinced after long and arduous research that Clark Kent is Superman, Herbert Calkins, one of Scotland Yard's most famous detectives, now retired, has come to America to prove it. Kent, shocked by the detective's bold accusation, narrowly escaped the first trap set for him by Calkins. But the English sloop then enlisted the aid of Lois Lane in arranging another trap, which he confidently said would prove definitely that Superman and Kent were one and the same person. As we continue the next morning, Lois is in her office at the Daily Planet, reporting to Calkins by telephone. Listen. It's all set, Mr. Calkins. I stopped at the Metropole. Please don't mention names over the telephone, Miss Lane. Oh, well, I stopped at the, uh, you know what, my way to the office, and I had a long talk with Mr., uh, you know whom. It's in the bag. I beg your pardon? I, I mean, he said he'd cooperate with us. Oh, it's, that's capital. Uh, by this evening, then, we shall have conclusive proof to confirm my claims. And I'll have the scope of the century. I still can't make myself believe it, but, uh-oh, here it comes now. I'll have to hang up. Right, all right, we'll meet at five, then. Check. Thank you very much for calling, uh, Mrs. Papopoulos. Uh, oh, good morning, Gloria. Good morning, Lois. Uh, morning. Who's Mrs. Papopoulos? Mrs. Who? Mrs. Papopoulos had a very masculine voice. Really? Yes. And uh, how would you know that, Clark? How? Oh, uh, you why... You came uh, into the office when I was hanging up. You couldn't possibly have heard Mrs. Uh, Papopoulos. Well... Uh, or has your association with Superman given you a super hearing? What do you mean by that? Who, me? Oh, I don't mean anything. Or do I? You're acting very strangely this morning, Lois. I was just going to say the same thing about you, Clark. You seem so jittery. Is anything wrong? Wrong? Yes, wrong. No, no of course not. Oh. Everything's fine. Look, uh, uh, Mr. Calkins didn't happen to call up for me, did he? How would I know? Why don't you ask the switchboard operator? I did. Yes. She said no. But I thought since you met Mr. Calkins yesterday, he might have left a message with you. Oh, I don't seem to remember any. You don't? Mm-mm. All right, thanks. I'll see you later, Lois. Would you like to leave a message in case Mr. Calkins does call while you're out? No. No, thanks. I expect to be in my office all day. Mm-hmm. Mm. He does seem worried. Can it be that Mr. Corkins is right? That Clark is Superman? I can hardly wait until this evening to find out. Say, Mr. Kent, yeah? have you seen Miss Lane this morning? Oh, yes, Jim. Why? Well, did she seem kind of, well, goofy to you? Goofy? Yeah, wacky, giddy. I think the heat's got her. What makes you say that? Well, she's been making the dopiest remarks all morning. About you. About me? Uh-huh. Well, like just before, when I asked her if she'd seen you, she said, 
Oh, maybe he's up at the North Pole, cooling off. Oh, she was probably just kidding, Jim. Maybe, but before you got in this morning, a typewriter went in the blink. I called up the repair people for her, and they said they couldn't get another machine down for a couple of hours because the truck had already gone out. You know what she said to me then? Oh, what? She said, too bad Clark isn't here. He could bring that typewriter in two seconds. What? That's what she said. And I said, who do you think Mr. Kent is, Superman? Uh-huh. What did she say then? Well, she just gave out with a silly little laugh. I tell you, the heat's got her, Mr. Kent. Yes, or Mr. Calkins. Mr. Who? Uh, a mutual friend. They, they must have had a talk about me. And I don't like this, Jim. You don't like what? A British friend is dangerous enough alone. Too dangerous. Now with Lois to help him. Help who? What British friend? What are you talking about? I think a brief leave of absence is indicated. Hey, has the heat got you too? Could be, Jim. The heat's on me plenty. And I hate to run away, but... I'll see you later, Jim. Mr. Calkins? Yes? This is Lois Lane. Listen, I've got bad news for you. Clark Kent is going away. Really? I see. Where's he going? I don't know, but he just talked Mr. White into giving him a vacation. He said he needed a rest. Well, you can't let him go, Miss Lane. How can I stop him? Find the way. You're a bright young woman. Well, that's an easy thing to say, but there I don't know... There must be a way by joke. Something about the newspaper, perhaps. A story. Oh, or... wait a minute. I just thought of something that should work. Good God. I've got what? to rush before he gets away. I'll call you back later. Bye. <laughs> Yes. I'm sorry, Ken, but I'll have to ask you to put off your vacation for a couple of days. Why? What's wrong? Lois just got a tip on a big story in Willow Falls. Has to rush right up there. She'll be gone in a day or two. What? Vacations have us shorthanded right now, so I can't have you both out of the office at the same time. Uh, you understand. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Uh, tell me, Chief, who, who gave her this tip? Mm, some friend of hers who lives up there, she said. It's funny, at first I hear Lois having friends in Willow Falls. So what? Do you know everything, Kent? <laughs> well, no, but... It's just that this looks fishy to me. What does? Lois' sudden trip to Willow Falls. After the thing she said to Jim this morning. Now, what's Jim got to do with it? Oh, oh, nothing, nothing. But I've got a hunch that Calkins has. And now it's Calkins. And who's he? Yes, I may be wrong. This could be on the level. Will you please tell me what in thunder you're talking about? What? Oh, oh, sorry. Nothing, Chief. Nothing. I guess I'm just a little upset about delaying my vacation. But I'll stand by till Lois gets back, of course. Oh, fine. Oh, by the way... Tony Sloan brought in a copy of the agreement that he made with the traction company. I want you to pick it up and deposit it in our safety vault tonight on your way home. The what? Oh, oh, yeah, yes, the vault. Sure, sure. Okay, Chief. Hey, you are not yourself, Kent. I guess you do need a vacation. I'll tell you what. You go home early. I'll go to the vault. No, no, I can't. I've got an appointment with our publisher. Oh, don't, don't, don't worry about it, Chief. It's all right. I'll, I'll go to the vault. See you tomorrow. Worried as to what Herbert Calkins and Lois Lane may be up to, Kent returns to his desk. Meanwhile, Lois and Herbert Calkins are in the Metropolis Safety Vault Company's underground vaults, speaking to the husky, uniformed guard. Now, you know exactly what you're to do, my man. Sure, you've told me fair a hundred times, Mr. Calkins. So how could I be forgetting? Very good. Now then, here's a hundred dollars, lad. Oh, thank you, sir. And there'll be another hundred later if the job's done properly. It'll be done to perfection, sir. Uh, look, it's quarter after five. It's almost time, Mr. Calkins. Right, oh. Come away, then, Miss Lane. We'll be in the guard room at the end of the hall there, Murphy. Come to us as soon as it's done. That I will, sir. Now, Miss Lane, in a short time you'll see Clark Kent reveal himself as Superman. Eagerly, Lois Lane accompanies Herbert Calkins to the guard's room at the end of the line of vaults. What is the ex-Scotland Yard's detective plan to reveal Clark Kent's identity as Superman? 
unaware that he is walking into a trap, Clark Kent has arrived at the Metropolis Safety Vault Company, carrying a briefcase containing important Daily Planet documents. Escorted by Mike Murphy, the guard, he is now approaching the Planet Vault, the huge round steel door of which stands open. I don't think we have any help to carry in that briefcase, will you now, Mr. Kent? <laughs> Hardly, Murphy. I just live And you'll be staying in there with it. Mr. Carkins, Miss Lane. What happened, Murphy? He's in there. He is? Yes. Sure, and I caught him neat as a fox in a trap, I did. You did? He just walked into the board and bingo. I slammed the door, turned the dials in there. He'll stay until morning when the time clock opens the vault. Until dawn. Until morning, why, he'll smother to death. Don't worry, Miss Lane. Here, Murphy. But, Mr. Carkins. Here's another hundred, I promise you. Oh, thank you, sir. Now, no one else will be coming into the vaults tonight, will they? No, I'll be closing up right now. I'll see you later. Very good. But, Mr. Calkins, Murphy said the vault can't be opened until morning. Clark will smother. You, pro- you promised me he wouldn't be in any danger. You won't be. The vault will be opened in two hours by the emergency squad. Oh. Unless Superman opens it before then. You mean if, if Clark is Superman? Exactly. If he gets out of that vault before we let him out, we'll know he's Superman. Since no other human being can break through six feet of solid steel. Heavens, no. But suppose he doesn't choose to break out. Then we won't know any more than we do now. Oh, yes, we will. No normal man, strong as he is, can retain consciousness in that airtight vault longer than two hours. Oh? But Kent is still in the vault when it's opened, but is not overcome. We'll know he's Superman. Suppose he pretends to be overcome. I'd arrange for a doctor to be here to make sure. Either way, Miss Lane, we win. At the end of two hours, we'll know for certain whether Kent is or is not Superman. And I'm wagering he is... This is one trap, says Scotland Yard Ace Detective, that Superman cannot escape. Is he right? Is the long cherished and carefully guarded secret of Superman's double identity to be revealed at last? It certainly seems that way, despite Superman's own wits and great powers. Can you see any way for him to escape, revealing his identity? Be sure to listen tomorrow to find out what happens. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig it! 
You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's pet. Pep, the Sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, a new trap has been set for the Man of Steel. One that Herbert Calkins assures Lois Lane will prove beyond all doubt that Clark Kent is Superman. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, you may know what's good in the eats department, but don't call yourself a really experienced judge of good breakfast eats until you try this week's pep dish of the week. Pep double scoop, because it beats everything. Here's the idea. You just pour your portion of Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, into your bowl. Scoop out a hollow on each side, and then fill in each hollow with juicy red raspberries. Pour on milk and sugar, and you've got your pep double scoop. As terrific a dish as you've ever tasted. How those crisp, tender flakes of pep make whoopy with a fruit. That's pep's golden sunshine flavor coming through, as it does every time. Always a knockout. Always so super delicious that you spoon up your pep on the double. Till before you half know it, your spoon comes up all empty. Well, you've eaten every flake. Well, that's just as it should be, especially nowadays when the cereal grains are being sent to give their swell grain nourishment to fellows and girls overseas. So when Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers, see that there's no waste at your house. If you pour your own Pep, pour it carefully and polish off every bit you pour out. And say, kind of keep watch on your younger brothers and sisters, too. Get the right habit, gang. Eat all your Pep. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. Convinced after much research, Clark Kent and Superman are one and the same person, Herbert Calkins, Scotland Yard's ace detective, has come to the United States to prove it. When Kent narrowly escaped from one trap, Calkins took Lois Lane into his confidence and, with her aid, set another trap. Early that evening, when Kent came to the Metropolis Safety Vault Company with some important documents from the Daily Planet, the guard waited until he stepped into one of the underground chambers of steel and concrete, then swung the great door closed, locking Kent inside the vault. As we continue now... Hawkins and Lois are in a restaurant across the street from the dark vault building. Listen. Kent is very clever, Miss Lane, but this is one trap from which he can't escape without revealing his true identity. You sound very confident, Mr. Hawkins. That I am, by Jove. The door and walls of the vault are solid steel, three feet thick. The only person in the world who can break out is Superman. So, if Kent isn't there when the vault is open, we'll know the truth. Wait a minute. I just thought of something. If Clark isn't Superman... Yes? Well, he is a bit of a system, Mr. Calkin. Really? Oh, yes. He'll get panicky locked up in there without any air. I just know he will. And if, if anything happens to Clark... I, oh, I'll never forgive myself. Oh, no, really, Miss Lane, you mustn't take on so. Ken's fooled you very neatly, you know. What do you mean? Well, he's leading you to believe that he was timid and a weakling was deliberate. But why? So you would never suspect his real identity, of course. Oh, well, that could be, I suppose, but I'm still not sure that Clark is Superman. Well, now, let me see. In one hour and 55 minutes, I will have solved the greatest mystery of our time. The secret of Superman's double identity. As Herbert Calkins and Lois Lane prematurely congratulate themselves, Clark Kent locked in the underground steel vault across the street, 
had, by means of his X-ray vision, seen them in conversation with the vault guard earlier and grasped the truth. Now he wrecks his brain desperately for a way out of his predicament. This is the worst spot I've ever been in. If I break out of here, it'll prove I'm Superman. And if I wait to be let out and show no ill effects, it'll also prove I'm Superman. What do I do? Wait a minute, I've got an idea. That time clock set inside the vault door. It's set to open the door in two hours. I rip the steel back a little, just enough to reach the clock. Like this. And then set the clock in two hours like this. Door should open. God, it's open. Now to have a look outside. Burglar alarm wires along the bottom of the door. A touch will set the alarm off. And who can prove a mouse didn't do it? Now, there, that's it. Now to get back into the vault. Set the time clock back two hours again. There. And now bend the steel plate back over the clock. Like that. Now, all I have to do is wait for the emergency squad. <laughs> You're a smart potato, Mr. Calkins, a very smart potato. But I think I've outsmarted you once again. What time is it now, Mr. Uh, it's 20 minutes past six, Miss Lane. In just one hour and 40 minutes, we'll expose Clark Kendall Superman. Oh, I can hardly wait. What a story that will be. And when I think of the years that Clark's been fooling me... Wait a minute. What are those sirens? Oh, just the bobbies going somewhere or an ambulance. Yes, I suppose. <gasps> Look, Mr. Corkins. What? What? Look through the window. Police cars. And that red truck stopped right in front of the wall building. Look what it says on it. Bank Protective Association. Emergency squad. By Joe, Miss Lane. Something's apparently happened in the balls. Come on. Take another whip of these spirits of ammonia and you'll feel fine. <coughs> the ball, I, I was locked in. Sure, but just for a few minutes, you're okay now. I couldn't breathe. Mark, are you all right? Well, it's a terrible thing happened. I got locked I in. I know. Are you all right now? I don't know. I... He'll be okay in a few minutes. I gotta go check this alarm. How do you feel, Clark? Better now, but my heart's pounding and there's a ringing in my ears. I think we'd better get a doctor, Mr. Clark. Nonsense. He doesn't need a doctor. He's just putting on an act, as you Americans say. He is not. You can see how he's fighting for breath. Rubbish. He's pulling your leg, Miss Lane. Yes, a mine too, by Joe. What do you mean? I mean he's tricked me again. How he did it, I don't know, but he did rather That's much. ridiculous. How do you feel now, Clark? Oh, I feel terrible. I'm sure you do. That was a frightful experience. I thought I was going to smother him. Oh, yes, oh come on now, old Jeb. That's pure utter rot. Now, you look here, Mr. Calkins. You've caused enough trouble. I was a fool to listen to you, and I don't intend to listen to you anymore. What? What's this all about? He's fooled you once more, Miss Lane, but he hasn't fooled me. I'm still convinced he's Superman, and I'll prove it too by you. Very soon. Cheerio, the brother. Goodbye. Me, Superman? Did I hear him correctly, Lois? Yes, can you imagine it? He almost convinced me of it, too. What? He did? Yes, but never mind that. Now, you've got to get home and go to bed. Yeah. You think you can get up and walk out to attack? Oh, so. good. Yes, clean on the cart. Okay. I'll help you outside. Thanks. Here's your house, Clark. Can you manage alone now? I think so, Lois. I feel much better now. I'm so glad, Clark. 
I feel like a heel for ever letting Corkin talk me into thinking you were Superman. How did he ever sell you that idea? I'll never know. Look, I, I guess you've had all you can stand of Superman tonight. You go to bed and I'll cover the story alone. Huh? What story? What story? Why, the World Peace Federation rally at the Metropolis Stadium tonight, of course. Oh. Superman promised to appear and make a speech. Don't tell me you forgot Thanks about God, it. God, I did forget. I've been so involved in this business with Corkin's, the rally slipped my mind entirely. Thanks for reminding me. Oh, I said you can forget about it. Oh, but I can't. I... You what? I, I've got to be there. This is a big story. You know how important the World Peace Rally is. And, well, the chief will never forgive now, me. Don't you worry about a thing. I'll cover the story for you, and I'll square you with the chief. You go to bed. Well, I... Well, all right, Lois. Good night and thanks. Good night, Clark. And thank you for not being angry with me. Oh, forget it. Is that a lucky break? Lois reminding me I promised to address the World Peace Federation Rally tonight with Superman. I'm so worried about that bulldog Hawkins, I forgot all about it. Well, I'll just go up to my apartment a moment. Shoot over to the stadium. What? Great Scott! You again! Entering the small lobby of his apartment building, Clark can't suddenly stop short, his body going rigid. Whom has he seen? Startled as he entered the small lobby of his apartment building, Clark can't suddenly stop short, frozen rigidly in his tracks. For a moment, he stares, speechless. Then he gasps. You again? Yes. Surprise, Superman. Now, wait a minute. Or I... Mr. Kent, if you prefer. What are you doing here, Mr. Corkins? Uh, surely you can guess. If it has anything to do with your notion that I have a double identity... It has, it has indeed. I, I told you I was convinced that you're Superman, and I'm I... going to prove it before I return to Europe, by Jove. Now, look here, by Jove. I'm a patient man, yes, but so I... So am I, so am I, old chap. In 30 years at Scotland Yard, I never failed to bring in my man. Great. Uh, that takes quite a heap of patience, you know. Yes, all right. So you're patient. You're clever. You're a wonderful detective. Thank you, sir. But you're also, if you'll forgive my frankness, a confounded bore. So now, if you don't mind, we'll say good night. I have things to do. Yes, I know. At the Metropolis Stadium. At... What about the stadium? Oh, come, come, old chap. We both know that you, as Superman, promised to address the World Peace Federation rally tonight. Oh, we do. And we both know that you won't disappoint thousands of people who will be there expressly to see you. Isn't that so? Now, wait a minute. I'm oh, not... now, hear me out. I intend to spend the evening with you. Oh, you do? Yes, indeed I do. And let me warn you, old chap, I'm a most difficult man to lose. <laughs> I'm going to be most interested in seeing how you can be at my side as Clark Kent... And on the stage of the Metropolis Stadium, a Superman at the same time. Well, Clark Kent, how can you hope to solve this dilemma? If you fail to appear at the Metropolis Stadium, Herbert Hawkins will know you are Superman. But how can you appear on the stage as scheduled and at the same time be with Hawkins in your identity as Kent? Once more, the famous Scotland Yard detective has laid a clever trap for the man of skill. How can Superman escape that trap? without revealing the heretofore carefully guarded secret of his double identity. Tomorrow's episode will have you sitting on the edge of your chairs, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. 
up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. The Man of Steel has walked safely out of a clever trap set by Herbert Calkins, only to find himself hopelessly caught in another. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, here's a breakfast dish with the honey of a batting average when it comes to giving a pitch to your morning appetite. It's Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. So golden, so sunny, so terrific, you practically can't resist it. How those tender flakes of sun-ripened whole wheat do score when you hitch up your chair to the breakfast table. And how that smooth sunshine flavor does give your appetite the old come on. Each crispy spoonful calls for another and another. Yes, sir, when you want a slick treat for breakfast, call on Kellogg's Pep. Pep is full of solid, full wheat flavor. Pep is golden toasted and sunny. Pep is called the sunshine cereal, and it's good for you, too. So keep on the sunbeam gang. Polish off that breakfast bowl of Kellogg's Pep clean as a whistle, because this is no time to waste cereal. You see, the cereal grains, like the whole wheat and pep, have been picked out to give that swell grain nourishment to fellows and girls around the world. Remember that when Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers. Don't waste it. If you pour your own cereal, take time to pour it carefully. And kind of keep watch on your younger brothers and sisters, too. That's so easy to do and so important nowadays. Remember, eat all your pet. Don't waste it. Now, the adventures of Superman. As you remember, Clark Kent is engaged in a desperate duel of wits with Herbert Calkins, famous Scotland Yard detective, who is convinced that Kent is Superman and is determined to prove it. So far, Kent has managed to escape by the skin of his teeth from three traps set by Calkins. But now he faces still another one. Returning to his apartment building in the early evening, Kent found his square-set, square-faced nemesis Herbert Calkins holding his derby hat and rolled umbrella, waiting for him in the lobby. In response to Kent's question, Calkins said he was aware that Superman had promised to address a huge rally of the World Peace Federation at the Metropolis Stadium that night. And he added, I intend to spend the evening with you, Mr. Kent. Oh, you do? Yes. I'm going to be most interested in seeing how you can be at my side as Clark Kent and on the stage of the Metropolis Stadium as Superman at the same time. As we continue now, Kent, followed by the Scotland Yard sleuth, has gone up to his apartment. There, he says sternly, Now, look here, Mr. Hawkins. You're becoming a nuisance, or have I told you that before? Oh, you have, but in my 30 years at Scotland Yard, during which time I've never failed to bring, bring my your man, man. You ought to put on a phonograph record. Look, have you ever been picked up by the seat of your pants and deposited elsewhere? <laughs> I have, but on infrequent occasions. Oh, look here, old man. You'd really be much wiser to cooperate with me, you know. Cooperate? What do you mean? Simply stop beating around the bush and admit the truth. That you're Superman. You're out of your mind if you expect me to admit I'm Superman. Why, of all the crazy, ridiculous ideas, that takes the cake. Then you deny it. Oh, it's too silly even to be discussed. But you don't deny it. I tell you, it's too silly to be discussed. I see. Well, it's uh, seven minutes to eight. Superman promised to address the World Peace Federation at 8.30. Don't you think we'd better get started? I don't think I'll go to the stadium tonight. But you promised. 
A superman has never broken his word. I promised to cover the rally for my paper, but I'm rather tired thanks to your shenanigans, so... Superman tired? Miss Lane agreed to cover the story for me. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'll say good night. Very well. Good night, old chap. I'll see you to the door. Oh, don't bother. I, I, I'm staying here. What? Yes, I intend to stay until 10 o'clock when the rally will be over. But Why? don't mind me, don't mind me. I have my pipe. And I see you've got an excellent library. I'll, you just toddle up to bed. Now, look here. Oh, I save your breath, old boy. And by the way, don't plan to lock your bedroom door and make your getaway through the window. I expect to look in on you every now and then, you know. And really, no crook can pick a lock better than I can. The good old British bulldog, eh? <laughs> Call me what you like. In 30 years at Scotland Yard, I've never been wrong. All right, all right, all right, all right, my friend. Since the only way I can lose your charming company is to convince you I'm not Superman, I accept your challenge. You what? You and I will attend the rally at the stadium tonight. When you see Superman on the stage while I'm at your side in the audience, you'll admit you're wrong, won't you? Right. Not even you can be in two places at the same time. But you're bluffing, I'm sure. You don't dare go to the stadium with me. Oh, no? Well, just give me ten minutes to take a shower and change my clothes and I'll be with you. Oh, no, 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 you don't. You can't give me the slip so easily, by Joe. You're such a suspicious chap. What good would it do me to give you the slip for ten minutes? The rally doesn't begin for forty minutes. Ah, that's right enough. And this apartment's on the sixth floor and there's no fire escape outside, so you can't give me the slip unless you are Superman. Right. Now that you've got that all figured out. You excuse me for ten minutes while I take a shower? Ah, just five minutes of eight. I'll give you until five minutes past. Thank you so much. But no tricks, mind you. If you're not out of here in exactly ten minutes, I'm coming in. Fair enough, Sherlock. Now, out of these clothes. I'd have to work fast if I'm going to pull the wool over Cockin's eyes. If there was a job for Superman, this is it. There we are, all set. First, I'll run the water in the shower. He'll be listening for it. There we are. Now to lock the bedroom door. Very quietly. And brace this chair under the knob. Like that. That'll keep my bulldog friend out a few extra minutes in case I'm delayed. Now, if only Batman is at home. Look to this window a little more. Quietly. Out. Up and away! <laughs> Leaping into the night sky, Superman rockets across the park to the handsome house where Bruce Wayne, who was really the famous Batman, lives with Robin, his young companion. Fortunately, Wayne, the only person to whom Superman has confided his double identity, is home. And swiftly, the Man of Steel tells his story. Oh, I'm sunk, Batman, unless you help me. Me? How can I help you? Well, we're about the same size, and we both got deep voices. Yeah? Besides, public address system microphones distort voices a little. I doubt that anyone will suspect your voice isn't mine. Oh, I get it, Superman. You want me to double for you tonight while you're in the audience with Corkin. Right. Here, I've uh, brought you one of my costumes, as well as a lifelike rubber mask that a French artist made of my face. Will you do it? Yes, of course. Good boy. I knew I could depend on you. You better climb into this costume at once and get to the stadium. Superman is due there at 8.30. Do your stuff, Batman. I'm counting on you. I'll do my best. Thanks. Mind if I leave by your window? Oh, help yourself. Good luck. Same to you. Oh, and away! Back home in ten minutes flat. There. I say, old chap, I'm up. Okay. Not a second too soon. I'm back in the car. I say, Superman. Are you there? Yes, yes, I'm here. Got this tie. Good stick at this moment. Let me in. One second, will you? There, that does it. Now my glasses. So. Okay, Mr. Corkins, I'll be right with you. 
so you are here. And who do you think was talking to you? Ah, it took you a long time to open the door. Well, showers are so relaxing. I often forget the time. And you also forget to turn the blooming shower off when you leave it. Oh, I did forget, didn't I? Glad you reminded. Uh, uh, just a minute, old chap. I'll turn it off. Oh, thanks, but I couldn't think of bothering you. Wait, wait, I said, here, let me pass. No, you both are getting wet. I don't care if I'm getting wet. I want to see... This damp bath towel? You wanted to see if I'd really taken a shower, eh? Ah, stopping wet. <laughs> you must have knocked it under the shower just now. Why, Sherlock, you get more suspicious by the moment. You're a clever bloke, Kim. But I'm still certain that you're Superman. And I'm going to prove it at the stadium right now. Oh? Are you ready to go? Or have you changed your mind? I'm ready. Then come along. His square face more like a bulldog's than ever. Herbert Calkins takes Clark Kent's arm and walks with him from the apartment. Will Kenton... Man's rules fool the Gimlet Eye Detective. Clark Kent and Detective Herbert Hawkins have just arrived in Metropolis Stadium, where thousands of people are gathered for a rally of the World Peace Federation. As Kenton Hawkins finds seats in the crowded grandstand, Batman, wearing the blue costume and red cape of Superman, and the lifelike rubber mask of his face, speaks into a microphone on the illuminated stage below. The way to preserve peace is to establish mutual trust and understanding among all the nations What do you say now? You admit you were mistaken? Uh, the cat down there on the stage looks like Superman right enough. But I'm not saying yes, and I'm not saying no. Yes. For heaven's sake, what does it take to convince you? I repeat, let nothing change your mind. Lend all your support to the World Peace Federation. It is truly the only way to secure the blessings of peace for yourself and your children. Well, Mr. Parkins, satisfied now? No, not by a long sight. Why? What do you mean? I mean there's something rotten in Denmark, Mr. Kent. The notion I know what it is. I don't understand. You'll understand right enough. Fake! Fake! That bloke isn't Superman. Wait, Mr. Crockett, stop! Ah, uh, he's no more Superman than I am. Look, if he says he is, tell him to fly and prove it. Look, if you don't sit down, Crockett. Make him prove he's Superman. Ask him to prove it by flying around the stadium. Fly. Now what do I do? Seeming to tumble down about his ears, Clark Kent sits helplessly by as Herbert Corkin whips the vast crowd to suspicion. He's shouting at Batman to prove he is Superman by flying. But Batman, of course, cannot fly. <laughs> Superman's carefully guarded secret of his double identity hangs by the thinnest of threads, in greater danger of exposure than ever before. What will the Man of Steel do? What can he do? You'll find out on Monday in one of the most thrilling, surprising episodes you've ever heard. So don't miss it. Tune in. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. 
sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg, Pep. The Sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Herbert Hawkins has turned the tables on Clark Kent as the great crowd in the Metropolis Stadium calls upon Superman to fly, unaware that they are addressing not the Man of Steel, but his famous friend, Batman. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, here's a fact you can chalk up for sure. It takes a solid sort of breakfast to start your day in high, to help send you off full of vim and vigor. That's why Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, heads the list of breakfast favorites with so many fellows and girls. Because Pep looks so golden and good, it almost coaxes you to eat it. Yes, sir, those tender crisp flakes of whole wheat sure do give your appetite the old come on. And when you pitch in, when you get your first taste of that smooth flavor... See if it isn't Kellogg's Pep for you from then on. Every spoonful is so crisp, so keen, so full of flavor. Why, before you know it, you've polished off every bit of pep in your bowl. And a good thing that is, especially nowadays when the cereal grains are being sent to give that swell grain nourishment to fellows and girls all over the world. So, gang, this is no time to waste cereal. Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers. Make yourself a committee of one to help guard against waste. If you pour your own pep, pour it carefully and eat up every bit you pour out. Pass the word along to the rest of your family, too. Remember, gang, eat all your pep. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. As you remember, a famous Scotland Yard detective named Herbert Calkins has come to the United States to prove that Clark Kent and Superman are one and the same person. After barely escaping from several of the detective's traps, Kent decided that he would take the bull by the horns and convince Calkins that he was not the Man of Steel. Kent then arranged a trick with his friend Batman, and that night he went with Hawkins to a huge peace rally in the Metropolis Stadium, where Superman was scheduled to make a personal appearance. As they seated themselves in the crowded grandstand, Batman, wearing a lifelike rubber mask of Superman and the familiar blue costume and red cape, was speaking from the stage below. But Hawkins smelled a rat and created a commotion by shouting that the supposed Superman was a fraud. As we continue now, Kent stands in helpless dismay as the great crowd, stirred up by Hawkins, roars at Batman to prove he is Superman by taking to the air flying. Well, Mr. Kent, what have you got to say now? What do you mean, Mr. Collins? You and that bloke on the stage who's dressed up as Superman put up a trick on me, that's what. He's no more Superman than I am. You're out of your mind. Oh, don't give me that guff, my lad. If he's Superman, why doesn't he prove it and fly? I don't know. He he can't fly. That's why. I tell you, he can't because he's not Superman, and you know it. Because you're Superman. Now, look here. I'm not going to... I knew it all the time, and now this is true. Wait a minute, wait a minute, let's hear this. No, I've had enough. I've got what... Wait a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention. Now, look here, Kent. I don't care what that... Please, Mr. Collins. Now. In the meantime, you will be entertained by the music of you. 
again? It calls for desperate measures. I say, Ken, what do you propose to do? Uh, just wait and see what happens. No, I'm afraid this is where you... Ken, sit down. Huh? Sit down before you... Ken, look out! Oh! Ah! He for a moment on the edge of his seat. Clark Kent appeared to lose his balance, falling to the row of seats below. Then, gathering momentum, he continued to roll downward from tier to tier in the tightly packed stadium until, reaching the bottom row, he sweeps a large group of men into a harmless but tangled mass of arms and legs. Dexterously, he wriggles swiftly free, and in the ensuing pandemonium, slips under the stage to a small dressing room, where Batman, still wearing the costume and mask of Superman, is nervously trying to figure his way out of the predicament. Okay, I'll take over now, Batman. Oh, Kent, thank heaven you're coming. You can say that again. I almost didn't. What are you going to do? Go out there, give them an exhibition. As Superman. Yes, well, what about Corkin? Don't worry about him. I've arranged it so he thinks he knows exactly where I am. I hope. Holy smokes. You duck backstage and hide there until I've finished and disappeared. A minute later, come out and take your bow and go on with your speech. You get that? Right. Okay. So long and keep your fingers crossed. Leaving Batman in the dressing room, Superman strides swiftly to the stage. Then, without waiting for an announcement, he takes off. Up! Rocketing up into the night sky, Superman flashes in a great circle over the tremendous awed stadium crowd. For a moment, he slows his meteoric speed, circles lazily while he makes sure the tangled mass of arms and legs he created in his spectacular fall is still the center of a shocked group while trying vainly to untangle it. Then he begins a dazzling exhibition of darts, swirls, and gigantic somersaults. Finally, the great wall of approval fairly rocks the stadium. He puts on a burst of speed faster than the human eye can follow and practically disappears from sight. Split second later, Superman ducks under the stage from behind. Then, quickly changing once more to his guise and guard, Clark Kent, he rumples his hair and disarranges his clothes. And as the disguised Batman walks on stage to be greeted by a tremendous ovation, Kent slips unnoticed into the tangle of men who are just beginning to become untangled. Hey, let me out of here. Oh, my, oh, my head. Get off my head, head. Kent. Are you there? Yes, help. Help me up. Hey, give the guy a hand. Yeah, help him up. Don't worry about it. He's all right. I'm sure. Oh, what happened? Um, I'm old man. You know full well what happened. Oh, my head, my arms, my legs. I ache. Oh, uh, still sitting on an axe. Hey, what? Axe? I don't know what you... Very clever of you, by Joe. Very clever indeed. Hey, gentlemen. What do you mean, Mr. Corkin? You're a Ah, maybe you are telling the truth. What? Now that Superman has successfully demonstrated that he is Superman... on the way back to town. Well, here we are, Mr. Kent. Yeah. Now, before you leave, Mr. Corkins, let me get this straight. You're finally and definitely, once and for all, convinced that I, Clark Kent, am not Superman? No. Well, yes, by Jove, I must admit it really appears that for the first time in 30 years as a detective, Herbert Calkins was wrong. And I must admit you were hard to convince. My apologies, Mr. Kent. And my hand. No hard feelings, I hope. No, certainly not. None at all, Mr. Calkins. Thank you, sir. Now I must say good night and goodbye. I bought the clipper tonight for England. Goodbye. Have a pleasant trip. Thank you, thank you. Well, cheerio, old chap. Should you ever come to London, look me up. You bet I will. Well, now to meet Batman and tell him the good news. Uh, the newspaper club driver... And when Cork
Hawkins found me at the bottom of that heap and then saw you as Superman on the stage a minute after my flying exhibition, well, he decided to call it quits. He's really convinced you're not Superman, huh? Oh, he says, Bruce. Oh, that's wonderful, Clark. Biggest scare of your life is now ancient history. I wonder. Oh, what do you mean? Somehow, I'm not quite sure he is convinced. But I don't know why. Oh, come, Clark. You've let this fellow give you the jitters. Oh, he's clever, Bruce. Perhaps the cleverest opponent I ever tangled with. And he hangs on like a bulldog. Well, I won't be able to relax until he's back in England. When's he going back, do you say? He said he was going back tonight. Tonight? Mm-hmm. Said he was flying back on the clipper. Well, then. Yeah, wait. What time does the clipper take off? 11 o'clock. Good. Now, look, it's 10.30 now. We'll just have time to buy a big red apple and give it to Mr. Sherlock Holmes at the airport. You said you'd relax when you see him take off for England. I sure will. Well, then let's go. Here's where you watch all your troubles disappear into the sky. Stepping into the clipper now. See, they're getting ready to take off. Are you sure Corkins isn't in the plane, Clark? I'm positive, Bruce. That means... Wait, here comes somebody running down the gangplank now. Is it? No, it's just a telegraph messenger. Uh-oh. There goes the plane. Yes, and Hawkins isn't on it. I was right, Bruce. Hawkins knows we tricked him tonight, but he pretended to be fooled in order to throw me off my guard. Oh, wait, He's Clark. surer than ever now that I'm Superman, and he won't quit until he proves it. Matter of fact, I've got a feeling he's baiting a new trap for me right now. I'm worried, Bruce. Really worried. You have good reason to be worried, Clark. For at this very moment, Herbert Calkins is still working hard on his attempt to reveal your double identity. Worried by Herbert Calkins' failure to return to England, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, who is really the famous Batman, are returned to Kent's apartment building. As we join them now in the corridor outside Kent's door, Kent is about to insert his key into the lock when suddenly he stops and grows rigid. Great Scott. What's the matter, Clark? Calkins. He's in there. Where? In my apartment. Bruce, I'm done for. Well, what do you mean? There's something in my apartment that will reveal my true identity beyond any doubt. And Corkins is reaching for it right now. Shocked, Bruce Wayne strains his eyes as if trying to see through the door as Clark Kent is doing. What final proof of Kent's double identity is Herbert Corkins about to discover? Only a breath of time remains before Superman can prevent the Scotland Yard detective from revealing his most carefully guarded secret. What will happen? Tomorrow's episode is tense and exciting, fellows and girls. Don't miss it, whatever you do. Be sure to tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!